Welcome back to another Bare Minimum podcast. It's uh, early in the morning, or late at night, it's 2.02 a.m. You know, I've procrastinated this podcast, but you know, that's how it goes some days. So, um, good day, good morning, hope you guys are doing well. Um, I mean, I'm not, after that, terrible piss poor, horrendous, inexcusable, downright trash game by our Chicago Bears. Um, I mean, it was <laughs> horrendous, you know, just really, really bad all around. Couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand one second. I mean, this is essentially how this is how I started the game with this with this you know feeling in my in my in my heart just a nice one of those and then and then you know it slowly just morphed into one of these just a nice hear that difference it's subtle but the first one is second one is One's a little bit happier. The other one's a lot sadder. That's a C major, C minor chord for you. Um, that's your music lesson for the day. But we're going to get into the podcast right now. Going to get into it. So like last week, we're going to start with the positives. And I know last week, you know, I got a little bit off, got a little bit off, uh, off topic. Because, you know, I kind of got into the negatives too soon. But I'm going to stay on task. I'm going to try to. So... Start with the positives. I mean, there's not a lot, but you know, we're gonna find some. That's what that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to find a nugget of positivity, cause we all need it for the week. We all know that whenever the Bears lose, our week is just a lot worse for whatever reason. For a couple days, Monday through Wednesday, it it seems gloomy. You know, the sun doesn't seem to be shining as bright clouds are kind of just seem to be more gray positives number one defense came to play i mean what do you want me to say defense came to play as they often do they kept derrick henry in 21 carries for only 68 yards his total rushing was i mean it was under 100 that's pretty that's pretty rare, especially with the way that our run defense has been going. It seems that Chuck Pagano kind of hit home uh, to this defense that we got to get our head out of our asses. We need to make some run stops because Lord knows that if the Titans got their run game going. It was going to be pretty over quickly. Um, pretty over quickly? I don't know if that's a phrase. Over rather quickly. I don't know. Who cares? Anyways. We're going to go on. They kept Tannehill in check as well. He was only 10 for 21. He had two touchdowns, but overall, they really kept him in check. I know I say I'm not a big numbers guy, but his like QBR rating was like 40-something on the game. It wasn't good. And Jalen Johnson had had a good game. He had some you know good knockdown passes. And then Smith, too. He had a Roquan Smith. had an excellent game. I'll get more into him later on, but he had a great game. 
was all around the field flying, just running, just making moves, making plays, making tackles. It was great to see. Overall, yeah, def <clears throat> defense, great, great job overall. It was seemed pretty much that no matter what, you know, it's like, hey, offense does a bad job. That's okay because our defense is going to make up for it like they often do. Like they always do, really. I mean, who am I joking with? Nobody. Just me in this room. But anyways, those are the positives for the defense. Just overall very solid play. Not much more that you can ask for them. Maybe some turnovers but overall they held him in check and gave the the offense tons of opportunities today and then uh positives on the offensive side i'm going to try and just keep it short and not get too hasty with it not get too mad or upset but robinson he made some good grabs he made some really great excellent catches actually really impressive um pace should extend him but I don't know if he will, because it's 2020, and uh, everything seems to be going terrible. Uh, Mooney, Darnell Mooney, he looks legit. Uh, he just he looks like he's got it going on. He looks like he's fast. He's a good route runner. And his main concern while coming out of college was that he was an undersized receiver and that he might get kind of pushed off his route fairly easily but he seems to be just fitting into the nfl like you know five fingers into a glove looks great and he shows that he's passionate he shows frustration when the bears offense is just seems to be messing everything up normally and then a uh, selective offensive player honorary member barkevius mingo he had the longest run of the game with 11 yards. That's pretty good. That's that, that was I mean, I mean not good. He only ran once, but yeah, he ran once for 11 yards. That's pretty cool. That's I mean that's yeah. He got a first down on that fourth down on that fake punt. And positives going to keep on going. Rolling along. I'm going to go into special teams. We got Dwayne Harris. He can actually catch punts even hard ones i mean he had a great over the shoulder catch it uh i mean he got tackled immediately but ted Jin, he he would have just looked at that ball and just let it sail right over his head because no way that he would have even attempted that catch in his even wildest dreams and i'm pretty sure naki is still haunted by that cody parkey double doink I mean, twice the Bears elected to go for it on fourth down, and they fucked it up. And they were, like, within field goal range, and I don't know why we didn't just take the field goal. Like, at the time, we weren't down by some insurmountable deficit. There was a time that we could have kicked a field goal, and then we false started, I think, twice in a row. Took us out of field goal range. And, and Santos has been playing well this year, and I think Nagy just still... <laughs> It's like I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna chance it. Because what if this is the one time that he misses? I'm gonna look like a fool. Should have gone for it in a fourth down. That's what he's probably thinking. Because I, the Bears could have had probably three, four field goals, at least 
that's you know more points on the on the scoreboard. I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because I mean we'll get into the negatives, but it's it just seems like Nagy's still haunted by the double doink. The double doink lives rent free in Matt Na Matthew Nagy. I call him Matthew Nagy by his full name, like a angry parent at a kid, you know. Just Matthew Nagy, what are you doing? Uh, sorry, that was negative. We're going to keep on going with special teams. Um, O'Donnell with good kicks. I think his long was like 64 yards of a punt. He was, you know, he was getting those kicks off. Mega punt. And then uh, we had a great fake punt. We had one fake punt. It was by Mingo for 11 yards. He got us the first down that we immediately just punted again because we, we can't do anything on offense. No, Sorry, negative. Positive, okay. <laughs> but that's about it for the positives anyway, so I'm just going to get into the negatives, which there are a lot of. Mainly, or just only, on offense. The offense still cannot get anything going. The running was poor. Line was poor. The offense, the, the passing, uh, while <laughs> Nick Foles had, I think, over 300 yards or so, um, of passing, a lot of it was just dink and dunking, like five-yard passes here, five-yard passes there, maybe a couple long ones here and there, but it was more so we had to pass the ball so much because we could not run. I mean, the Foles had to pass the ball 52 times, and that's a recipe for disaster, especially with Foles, who's like a statue in the back, in the pocket. He just kind of looks, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. Is anything going to happen? No, he's going to get sacked. Is he going to try to run? I mean, he looks like, I mean, if, if you, I don't want to get, you know, stick to sports, but if you guys saw that video of, like, Joe Biden, like, jogging, like, on the runway, he looked like that when he was trying to run in any sort of direction. Like, you could see his legs moving, but he wasn't going anywhere. And then he got tackled or he like fl fluttered the ball into the out of bounds or just like threw it at somebody's feet because the line couldn't really protect them and it was it's just depressing because every week Nagy cannot adapt to what the offense is he all the run plays are this are the same they'll do a shotgun RPO play where the running back gets no momentum and so they can't get any penetration through the line or Nagy is just he's addicted to Cordero Patterson runs he's addicted to it I think Patterson probably has something on Matt Nagy like some type of blackmail or something because it is he's addicted to him he loves him every time that Cordero Patterson seems to be in the backfield it's always like a shovel like not a shovel but like a toss to right toss left or just a run up the middle right run up the middle left and then it goes for like maybe three yards and then he gets tackled and he's like okay use the secret weapon i'm golden i'm good i can now focus on other on, on other players but he i mean he just he's he loves cordero Paris and for some reason i can't get over it i don't know why i think there's even a there was a driver we went just run 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 punt and he was just 
I just don't understand the the play calling. It seems like he's just picking plays out of a hat. Um, and it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's like, well, run isn't working. Passing Foles will get sacked within three seconds. Within one second, pretty much. So I guess I'll just call another five-yard screen pass or quick pass or whatever you want to call it. You know, I don't know all the different passes, okay, guys? I don't, I, I don't, I don't have them all memorized, okay? I don't play Madden, Madden video games. It's just, you know, I'm just calling how I see it, okay? All right? Okay. Cool. I mean, every time the, also, the, every time the Bears did something good, we immediately did something to shoot ourselves in the foot. We got into the red zone. We'd either do a holding penalty or, like, a just a false start. I think we false started, like, twice in a row, which I talked about earlier that pushed us out of field goal range. Or... Somebody would fumble the ball, Montgomery fumbled the ball, Miller fumbled the ball. It says Alex Bars fumbled the ball once. I don't I don't know when he fumbled the ball particularly, but apparently he fumbled the ball. And it was just every time we got something going, we immediately stopped because Bears offense, we know that as an offensive unit, you cannot outshine the defense that is illegal in Chicago because God forbid heaven forbid that the Bears have an actual decent offense on the field uh, and so I also noted here that somehow a shovel pass was like blocked before it even like started typically shovel passes you know you can kind of get off a shovel pass it's always it always looks you know a little sexy you know it's like a got a nice like a design you know runners going here lines going there you know got a little tiny flip you know just a little bloop a little flip and uh, somehow the defense just got right through and just defended it like it was nothing and so I mean overall those are pretty much the negatives it was just bad all over the points I mean it says we scored seventeen points the points don't matter it was all at the end of the game within i think five minutes of five minutes left in the fourth quarter it was painful to watch all the way through all i gotta say this is what bears offense it's a big fat that's what i gotta say about it okay all right got got a new segment alert a new segment alert. I'm going to put an alert sound right here. Okay, who to get mad at? I'm going to talk about who can we get upset with for this team that we enjoy to watch for some reason on Sundays. Every Sunday we come right back. We're addicted to the pain. It's like, it's just like an abusive, an abusive uh, boyfriend. It's just, we come right back to him. He says, sorry, you know, I'm going to change. I'm going to be different. You know, I'm seeing a therapist. But it's not different. And he just keeps, he just keeps hurting us. Okay. that And it just keeps on happening week in week out so who to get mad at number one Nagy. repeatedly 
he's just unable to adapt to anything that the defense gives him. It seems like he has like a chosen 10 amount of plays. And those are the plays that he's just going to always just cycle through until the game ends. And if they work or not, so be it. Those are his damn play calls. And you better like it or or you don't get nothing. So you remember that. Um, and like I said before, he cannot quit Patterson. He thinks Patterson is this some type of all-around gadget player who can make these big plays where he's just he doesn't fit in our offense it seems especially with our our line he can't get any good runs every time that Patterson is in the game he seems to just always hand it off to Patterson so it's predictable and that's pretty much it it's like I, I don't know why he keeps on going back to the Patterson bag he loves the guy I mean I love the guy all these players that I, that I talk about it's you know I love the players I want the players to succeed but the way that Nagy utilizes them is just horrible. And then our fourth down offensive plays, terrible. I, I think there was a fourth down, it was like fourth and two, and we try to get two, three yards with our JV line, and we get stuffed, just absolutely stuffed. We turn over the ball early. After what I believe to be was a fairly decent drive that was moving right along. And that was probably like the only drive that was moving right along until the very end where we scored those two, you know, just garbage t time touchdowns. Um, and I have here, I mean, question has to be asked, like, do, would you even consider to fire Nagy midseason? Because it's approaching Gase and Trestman territory. The only difference is that Nagy has a slightly more likable personality, in my opinion. You know, he always goes to the media, always tries to sound like he's accountable for his mistakes, but then, you know, we comes the next week, nothing changes. It's just the same old story. It's like, you know, how, how many times do we have to hear how someone is going to change and they're just not changing because they're just kind of putting it off. Or just thinking that they're not the problem. Like, how many times has Nagy said that they'll look at play calling if that's an issue and then comes back and says, no, it's not an issue. Like, I'm good. I've investigated myself and I've found that I'm awesome. That's what I imagine Nagy says to himself all the time. But, you know, I could be wrong. I'm perfectly willing to accept that I'm wrong, but I think I'm kind of right on that one. And so... If the Bears do fire Nagy, I mean, I think obviously Chuck Pagano would become the interim head coach, but it's just, it's, I mean, if the Bears lose against the Vikings, they play Monday night, so that's going to be another great showing. He's going to have Kirk Cousins, who's historically bad on, on uh, primetime games, versus the Bears, who are just currently always bad. I mean, these past three games, the Titans, Saints, Rams, you know, I was talking to some, I was talking to my friend, shout out Andy, I was talking to my friend about how this, the, that stretch was a, was a prove it moment for the Bears. If they were going to be seen as a real team, they would have at least had to go two and one, in my opinion. 
and with that one loss being like a fairly close loss so probably like you know that last week saints game was a was a you know would have been like the one close loss or something because they could have beaten the rams they could have beaten the titans i mean hell they could have even beaten the saints and the saints just absolutely demolished the buccaneers like they tore them apart and you're telling me that the bears went they go 0 and 3 three game losing streak and I don't think this team is really going to be able to come back from it. I mean, we have the Vikings who are who are trending upwards. They have, seem to have a pretty good offense. And Mike Zimmer is always, you know, a good defensive coach. They got a lot of young guys on the defense, so I think it's just taking time for them to kind of mesh together. But I think they're going to just, you know, be A-OK. I mean, if we lose four in a row... I mean, that's kind of it, in my opinion. Even these last three games, we've just seen that Nagy cannot adapt to to adversity, which is upsetting after his first season winning, you know, a head coach of of the league and everything. But it's kind of a you know tricky thing. People always say that you know he well the defense was the main culprit of that uh, head coach award. Which leads me also into, you know, do we get, how mad do we get at Pace here, Ryan Pace? Because he missed the bads, he missed on both Nagy and Mitch. Those are two biggies. He was supposed to hire an offensive genius in Matt Nagy. That's a, that's a, that's a big fart right there. And he was also supposed to get his, you know, star QB. That's kind of, you know, always tied to the hip of the GM. It's kind of as one goes, the other goes. That's what it seems to be. But we'll see. Um, but he's also hit on mid-round draft picks. He's hit on, I mean, that's how people like to clown how our offense is terrible. And that's rightfully, you know, due to Ryan Pace's drafting. But then also how our defense, they will talk about the team winning on defense. Well, that's also primarily because of Ryan Pace. I mean, I don't know if people remember how much they remember of the Phil Emery, Mark Tressman years, but the defense was like making franchise records for being so bad because we were, the defense was old and like just had no talent. And Pacey, to his credit, he completely rebuilt it to what it is today and what everybody loves about the team is the defense. And uh, I guess you could hold him responsible for the offensive line. I mean, that's... A tricky one. He re-signed Massey and Leno, which at the time seemed like pretty, you know, average signings. They were both performing, you know, fairly decently at the time, but it seems like each year their play is going down just from the eyeball test. And then even this year with COVID, which I guess you could use as an excuse, but people like Whitehair got injured, Daniels got injured, which were two of his draft picks. And so now it's just a hodgepodge of just no-name offensive linemen trying to work together to figure out how to do this thing. And who knows, next week we could just see another, you know, another jumbling of, of the line. I mean, it's a tough call, in my opinion. I guess you could, the head coach and the quarterback is are two pretty big death blows. But it's always just kind of scary when you have a GM who, 
shows that he can draft late in rounds, which is very important in building a team, you know, go away because of those two mistakes. But at the same time, it's like if the Bears organization fired him, I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised. Because, I mean, like I said, the head coach and the quarterback, two huge decisions, and both of them seem to not have panned out at all. I'm also just not about, this is kind of a tangent, but I'm just not about the fans who are now all of a sudden trying to defend Mitch and saying that he's actually a good quarterback. He's not. Okay, guys, it's very possible that the Bears might just have two really bad quarterbacks and a bad head coach. And that's very possible. I mean, do we want to talk about how Mitch's, Mitch can overthrow receivers night and day? Footwork is terrible. Gets easily pressured in within the pocket. Gets nervous. You know, has those that tippy tap feet, those dancers' feet. You know, I mean, there's been times where he, like in the Falcons game, he overthrew Miller for an easy touchdown while with no pressure, and then Foles was able to hit Miller while falling. You know, backwards. It's just his accuracy is an issue. The only positive is that he's just more athletic and that he can run. That's it. He can't read a defense. That hasn't changed. He can't make the throws consistently. And he he gets he just he he's not mentally there. So I just want to say that. Just to all those fans out there telling saying that, you know, the Bears this proves that Mitch was actually good somehow. I don't know. That's just I, I think that's just a really bogus take. The B word bogus. Okay. Another segment alert. Whoa, two in one podcast. That's crazy. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting more creative with this, okay? So, you know, first couple episodes, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm kind of just finding my footing, you know, I'm like a baby. Baby, I'm crawling, you know? It's like, you know, when you look at a baby and they got, like, their heads bobbing all over the place because they, they don't have any muscles to, like, support their head, you know? That was pretty much me, like, the first episode. And now I'm kind of crawling, you know? I got some segments going. So, new segment, I'm going to have the Bears of the Game. So, offense. Bear, the bear of the game on offense is Robinson. Seven receptions, 81 yards. Made some absolutely ridiculous catches. He had a terrific game. Uh, I mean, he's always been consistent. And he's just awesome. Comes in, works, day in, day out. Defense, Roquan Smith. He, I didn't mention this last podcast, but he had an excellent game last week, and he had another excellent game this week. He had 11 total ta- tackles, 9 solo tackles, 1 sack, and 2 tackles for loss. He seems like to be a real deal. This is what I was talking about. This is like another, this could be a potential pace hit of, of a draft pick, of making our defense great. And then on special teams, I'm going to give it to... I was debating between O'Donnell and Dwayne Harris. I decided to give it to Dwayne Harris purely for that over-the-shoulder punt catch. That was such a risky play, but he just caught it 
like it was nothing. I say, oh, I just do this every day. Oh, well, what's the big deal? Oh, it's easy. He caught it, got tackled, got up, says like, yeah, nothing to it. Easy. I'll, I guess I'll just do a, you know, runner up is Pat O'Donnell because, you know, he was just kicking the ball really far and that was kind of cool. So, but yeah, that's the uh, podcast for today. Hope you liked it. Uh, the outro was brought to you by 8-Bit Jazz. You can find his stuff on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at BearZokal. That's B-E-A-R-Z-O-K-A-L. Make sure you, uh, you know, if you like this podcast, you know, you get, uh, tell, tell your friends about it. Tell your mom and dad about it. Tell your brother about it. Tell your sister about it. Tell your cousin about it. Aunt, uncle, I don't care. Just tell somebody about it. That'd be really cool. You can uh, subscribe, as usual, or you can follow me on Twitter. That'd be great. And if you want to leave a review to tell me how good or bad I'm doing, that's awesome as well. So, yeah. Till next time. Till, uh, till after the Vikings game next week. I'll see you guys later.